verses uh, 1 through 5. Festus, then having arrived in the province, three days later went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the leading men of the Jews brought charges against Paul, and they were urging him, requesting a concession against Paul that he might have him brought to Jerusalem, at the same time setting an ambush to kill him in the, on the way. Festus then answered that Paul would be kept in custody at Caesarea, and that he himself was about to leave shortly. Therefore he said, Let the influential man, men among you go there with me, and if there is anything wrong with the man, let him let them persecute him. So, Festus comes on the scene, soon goes to Jerusalem, that's where the Jewish headquarters is, and they're still upset about Paul. Two years later, and he's still on the top of the agenda for the Jewish leaders. And what do they want Festus to do? Having brought to Jerusalem. For? Ambushing. <laughs> exactly. But what did they say it's for? They didn't tell him it was ambushing? They didn't. What's the idea of him bringing him to Jerusalem? To be tried. To be tried there, yeah. That's that's what they're implying. Uh, kind of a change of venue here. Let's bring him to Jerusalem for trial. But their whole point is they're going to ambush him on the way. So under the guise of justice, they're trying to murder Paul. You know, that was the plot they'd had two years before with those 40 guys who took the oath. Didn't work then. You what? (laughs) It may well have been. They are powerful hungry by now. Wow. (laughs) They would be the the Earth's equivalent of a black hole. Questions or comments on verse 5? They're through verse 5. So what was uh, Felix voted out of office or did they just update or... Rome removed him. He was succeeded by... Yeah, Rome decided and so when the Roman officials decided someone should go somewhere else, they removed them. And so Rome did that with Felix. Probably none too soon. All right, 6 to 12. And after he'd spent not more than 8 or 10 days among them, he went down to Caesarea. And on the next day, he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. And after he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem, stood around him bringing many and serious charges against him which they could not prove. While Paul said in his own defense, I have committed no offense either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you also very well know. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death. I do not refuse to die. But if none of those things is true of which these men accuse me, no one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then, one more? 
Yeah. Then right. when Festus had conferred with his council, he answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Alright, so when he goes back to Caesarea the next day, we're going to have a hearing. So you got the Jews that come down from Jerusalem, verse 7, and what do they say? <coughs> Same thing. Many serious charges that they can't prove. And what does Paul say? Did not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, not so. And Festus, you know, trying to, you know, please the Jews, he's new on the job, you know, asks Paul if he's willing to do what? Go to Jerusalem to stand trial. Yes. Can, can we move to Jerusalem for a trial? Now, we're not sure who was supposed to do the trying in Jerusalem. But the Jews' plan is that Paul will miss his court appearance, whoever it was that was supposed to do the presiding. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Paul had an idea that they would still have ambushing plans or not. Kind of makes you wonder. But when Festus asked Paul about going to Jerusalem, what's what's Paul's response? Okay, had some uh, legal knowledge, but he says I'm where I ought to be tried right now. No. Ten. Yeah, that's not what he means. He's saying he's appealing to stand before Caesar. I know it sounds weird when he says, I am standing before Caesar's tri tribunal, but that's what he, he means. I, I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to go and stand before Caesar. Hmm. Anybody got something? Who have you got? What's got the NIV or the ESV? Or, what you got in the New King James there? <clears throat> Verse 10 says, uh, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. Anybody got the, anything else? ESV? ESV, what you got? Uh, but Paul said, I'm standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. Yeah. That, that, that is ambiguous for us, but what he means is, I am, you know, I'm going to stand before Caesar. That's where Paul wants to be. Uh, and notice, you know, in verse 11 he says, you know, if I've done something wrong, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not refusing to die, but you can't, you can't deliver me over to them, I appeal to Caesar. And when he says, I'm standing before Caesar's tribunal, he means I appeal to Caesar. Uh, I don't know if that makes much sense, but that's what he's doing. Um, why, why would he have appealed to Caesar? So he could teach Caesar. That's an interesting thought. So you could teach Caesar. I hadn't really thought about it that way. Well, now the, so that's an interesting idea. Well, okay, what's, what region is Festus over? Caesarea is where he's at over Judea. Okay, so is Caesar over Rome? Caesar is the big kahuna. Right. But he's in Rome. He's in Rome. Okay, yes. so I mean, are we supposed to be going to Caesar because he's a Roman? He is a Roman citizen, so he has the right to make this appeal. If he feels like justice is not being done in the lower courts, he has the right to appeal to Caesar as a Roman. Does that answer your question or no? Well, but why why does he appeal to Rome, to, to Caesar? Because he has to go to Rome. Well, that's one thing. You wonder if he, you know, the Lord's told him he's going to Rome. He's been wanting to go to Rome. Maybe he sees this. Well, I might as well just go ahead and appeal to Caesar and go to Rome. 
Um, and I wonder if he feels like he's just never going to be able to get a fair trial in Caesarea. I wonder if he's worried about being ambushed on the way. And, you know, I wonder if he doesn't have about as much to worry about being acquitted as being condemned in Caesarea. You know, I think it's probably safer to get him out of there and get him in Rome. So that's what he does. He's appealed to Caesar. And now it's kind of out of Agrippa's hands. Now, it will be, he'll be tried in Rome before Caesar. Comments and thoughts? Uh-uh. We haven't met Agrippa yet. Did I say that? Sorry about that. Out of Festus's hands. Well, Cameron. Him asking to go to Caesar is like a free trip over to Rome, where he's been planning to go and be like, uh, "I'll go over there for free and captive and get out there and be where I want to go." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. Yeah, it's, it, it, he goes at government expense. Kind of a uh, stormy trip. Other comments, of course. I can't find any versions that, that make Do it more plain that, that way. I, what about I, the message? <laughs> yeah, I thought that's probably what you were looking for. Yeah, it's it's just it's ambiguous in uh, to say it that way. We do that sometimes, but I, I can't come up with a a parallel. But when I, when he says I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, he means that's where I'm going. I'm I'm going to stand there. I'm not I'm not staying here. I'm standing before Caesar. So it's, it's in the sense of that's what he's going to do. Hmm. But it makes it more emphatic when he says, I, I'm standing before Caesar. You know, no, I'm not messing around with you guys anymore. Okay, the message. I'm, <laughs> I'm standing at this moment before Caesar's bar of justice where I have a perfect right to stand and I'm going to keep standing here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I can't get the living Bible through this. I really can't get to the source. <laughs> well, if it gets any worse than that. <laughs> uh, do not, do not bring me a chair. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Paul has shown himself that that he serves God where he is. Um, you know, he preached Jesus to to Felix. And so to to think that he's looking ahead to being in Rome and being able to serve God there no matter what is is not a stretch. Maybe, right. Maybe he's just confident that he, he knew God was going to take him there. Or could it be like that when he was just saying, you know what I mean? Like uh, he, it may be he's got more than one motivation. Yeah. You know, maybe he sees this lining up very well. Justice is not being done in Caesarea. How long has he been there already? And now they're wanting to take, ship him back to Jerusalem. Yeah. He does know that they were going to ambush him when he was in Jerusalem last time. He does know God has told him he would bear witness in Rome. Right. And that was his plan personally as well. So it looks to me like it's just maybe a combination of factors. 
It looks like they just had the faith and trust in God, but I guess he's going to Rome. And why not get a free ride, as Calvin said? That's true. Well, he's not afraid to die. So he said that, and I think that's true. There would be some, I don't know what the right word is, <clears throat> there would be something to being put to death um, while standing firmly for what he believes in. Would there be any similar uh, uh, noted value in his death if he dies along the road being transported? Probably not. And I, uh, you know, I mean... Knowing Paul, I can see him wanting to have the chance to preach before Caesar. That makes some sense. I mean, he's been in this audience for two years. You might as well move on and see if you can't find any opportunities. Yeah, really. I know I'd like to preach before Obama, so I could understand Paul. Caesar, you know, was that were those like magic words that once you said that, you know, you had no choice but to go, and you know, I, I truly don't get that conclusion because it says in 12, Festus conferred with his council and then decide, it's as if they decided okay, we'll send you there. Is that fair? That is a debated issue. You know, 2632 where Agrippa said to Festus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Sounds like they thought they didn't have any more jurisdiction after he appealed to Caesar. But, it's it possible. Some other passages almost make us think that he just didn't, I mean, you know, the alternative would be to acquit him. And that wouldn't be politically right. popular. Maybe the best thing to do is go ahead and send the sticky problem off to Caesar. But they didn't want to send the sticky problem off to Caesar without a good explanation. That would be. And if that if that's the case, I mean, if that that implicates them in that because they could just say, hey, you know, it was nothing Doc are doing. We didn't have any control over this. He said the magic words, and so he had to go, and it's not our fault. I I I hear you, and and I'm I'm just I'm uncertain between those two, but I think both of those are, are possibilities. Nobody seems to really know, at least that I've read. Everybody has an opinion, but nobody convinced me they had the definitive response. <coughs> Other comments and questions through 12? Well, how about 13 to 22? And after some days, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. When they had been there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a certain man left a prisoner by Felix, about whom the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me, when I was in Jerusalem, asking for a judgment against him. To them I answered, It is not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused, or, yeah, before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charge against him. Therefore, uh, when they had came to get, when they had come together without any delay, the next day I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the men to be brought in. When the accuser stood up, they brought no accusation against him of such things as I supposed. 
but had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who had died, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether he uh, was willing to go to Jerusalem and there be judged concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed to be reserved for the decision of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I could see him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. Okay. Um, <clears throat> king Agrippa, the, the Herod family loved the title king. <laughs> you know, it really sounded good to them. They were not kings. They were governors. But they used the title king. We know that. And uh, just it, it, so it was kind of a, they were kings without kingdoms. <laughs> you know, kind of like Colonel Sanders or something, you know. <laughs> uh, well, that's what came about. <laughs> How about the Salvation Army? They all have. Yeah, that's true. Colonels and captains. and. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I've never fought a battle yet, I don't think. So, but King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea. And, uh, as I said, King Agrippa and Bernice were siblings of Drusilla. Wagging Tongue said they had a more intimate relationship than that, uh, but they were brother and sister at least. And, you know, Festus says, yeah, I got this problem. <laughs> There's this guy who was left prisoner by Felix, and, you know, the chief priest and the elders, you know, condemned him, and, you know, so we had this trial, and, well, they, they just said some things that, you know, I wasn't expecting them to say. And you kind of see the idea of what this means to Festus. You know, what does he see this as being all about? Disagreement about religion. And one of these religious disputes, and Festus is not familiar with the Jewish religion, and it's, it's not only a religious dispute, but even more curious, it's what? About some dead man. <laughs> yeah, it's about this dead guy that Paul says is alive. And they're all arguing about that. You know, that's the best he's been able to get out of this from listening to them. It's always kind of bewildering. And, uh, you know, Festus is really looking to a man who's well-educated in Jewish affairs like King Agrippa to help him formulate a report to Caesar. Now he says, don't you love this? Look at verse 20. Being at a loss how to investigate such matters, I ask whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there stand trial on these matters. What do you think? Does he know what he did? He didn't ask him to go to trial in Jerusalem? That's what 9 says. Yeah. He said, are you willing to go? Yeah. Is he implying a falsehood here, though? It wasn't his idea to go to Jerusalem. Why did he suggest or ask if he wanted to go to Jerusalem? That's what the Jews wanted. He wanted to do the Jews a favor. Not because he thought he could get a better investigation of it in Jerusalem. That was not his motive. He, he twists this around a little bit, hiding his real motive. 
And uh, uh, here's, here's uh, this is kind of cool. I'm sure I copied this from somewhere. Upon reflection, he improves the logic of his speech at the expense of historical exactness. <laughs> you know, he just doctors this up a little bit and makes it sound a little better. If he just said, you know, and I really want to do the Jews a favor, so I ask him to go to Jerusalem. You know, it sounds better to say, yeah, I just didn't really know how to investigate these things here, so I ask him about you go to Jerusalem. Non-Christians do that all the time. Little shifts, little changes. They change the meaning, change the purpose, change the intent. Do we do that? How often do we just kind of change the things around and, and it just really kind of changes the meaning? You know, makes us look better. That's usually, that's usually why this is done. And uh, so, but, but Paul, he says, appealed to Caesar. And, uh, you know, so that's what we're doing here. And the group said, okay, I'll hear it. Uh, we'll, we'll hear the case. All right, comments and questions through 22. What was Agrippa, where was he from? What was he king over? Oh, I don't even remember. Some, I think it was some parts to the north of up there. But, you know, the, the Herod family was part Idumean, and partially Jew, and had a lot of background working with the Jews. So Agrippa would have known a lot about Judaism. But I, I forget just now where he was. So they were coming to congratulate Festus on his new appointment? Yeah, I think so. I think you see another example of his twisting it to make himself sound good <clears throat> in 17. I made no delay. You know, was, I, I made this a top priority and as if you know, he's not to blame here. It wasn't yeah. the Jews that came to him immediately and wanted to. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, that's exactly what non-Christians do. Just doctoring it up. Spicing it up, you know, different little changes, you know, because there's no commitment to truth. We understand, we expect non-Christians to do that. You know you can't trust them. You know what they say may not be the truth, but we should not be like that. That's the thing. We can't, we can't talk like that. We gotta have a commitment to accuracy. It's tempting sometimes when you want to make your point Yes. Pull some passage that you know contextually doesn't doesn't mean what it mm-hmm. what you want it to mean, but on the surface it sounds good. Yeah, it, it'll the convince unknowing, them. To the unknowing, yeah, they don't. Yeah. yeah. Don't taste, don't touch, don't handle. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, we. I think we just have to have. <laughs> they just think that or whatever. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, <laughs> whatever. So. They just see that. It's Colossians too. But um, we have to have just great commitment to truth. You know, we're going to speak truth. The question is not what are you trying to persuade somebody to think. The question is what's the accurate presentation of the facts. You know, that's what we need. You know, it may not be as persuasive. Or it may make you look worse. Or whatever. But... Our goal is not to look good. Our goal is to be truthful, to be honest, as God is. Oh, I mean, we're right. I mean, we can we can be honestly wrong. That's correct. But at least we're sincere in in what. Right. 
as uh, to to the extent of our knowledge, we need to portray things accurately. Yes, exactly. And but I mean, you, you when we're getting when we did something wrong, start listening to us. Ooh, we can we can change things around. We can we can change the order of events. We can change all kinds of details, you know, and make ourselves look so much better and get out of some trouble. That's tempting, man. That's really tempting. Or sometimes just trying to impress somebody. You know, you, you're the hero of the story, and you'll spice it up a little bit, and you'll be, you know, really. <laughs> Other comments or questions? Okay, about 23 to 27. <clears throat> so the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with a great pomp, and then entered the auditorium with the commanders in the prominent of the city at Festus' command, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned him, both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. Now when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death, and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I might have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify charges against him. So next day, you've got all this uh, pageantry of the world. You know, Agrippa and Bernice come in with much pomp. The commanders, the prominent men of the city, and all that. And Festus kind of sets this up and shows why he really wants uh, King Agrippa to be able to hear this case. Uh, and so that's just really the introduction to chapter 26. Uh, and Agrippa is hopefully going to understand this, and he's hopefully going to be able to tell uh, Festus what he can write to Caesar, so he won't look so stupid sending him to this prisoner with no accusations. Comments and questions? Well, that's uh, chapter 24 and 25, so why don't we uh, mark here and uh, work on chapter 26 uh, next week.